Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Friday afternoon to you. Hope your weekend is off to a great start. Thanks for joining us on Sports for CLE. I'm Dave Bacon. A little later in the show, uh, Ryan Cavanaugh, analyst for high school football on Spectrum Sports, will join us. We'll talk a little high school football, uh, but we begin by talking Browns. Browns, travel day. They are headed down to Jacksonville, and that is where our guest Dan Lobby will be headed uh, early tomorrow. Is Browns beat reporter for The Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com, Dan Lobby, joins us. Dan, what are you looking for? What do you want to see in uh, in this first preseason game against Jacksonville Saturday night? I think the biggest thing to look for, because we're not going to see a lot of the starters play, is, is really how some of these first and second year guys look. So, you know, I would assume, even though you can make the case Greg Newsom is a starter or a fringe starter, he's going to play Jeremiah Wusukoromoa. You know, how do all these first-year guys, rookies, and, and, you know, a guy like Jordan Elliott, who we talked to yesterday, you know, how does he look? Just kind of getting eyeballs on all of these guys uh, before you get to that regular season against Kansas City. This is a big opportunity for them to, to show what they can do in uh, not a real game, but as close to a real game as you're going to get before you go to Arrowhead. Uh, the other thing is Baker Mayfield not playing. A lot of the starters not playing. Um it's a sign of respect for Baker Mayfield that this coaching staff doesn't think you need to get him out and, and have him run everything um, crazy. Do you think the fact that they're practicing against the Giants coming up end of next week um, it factored into that as well? I, I do think that's a part of it because those will be competitive practices and give you an opportunity uh, to play some competitive football in a controlled environment where the quarterback gets to wear the red jersey. You know, nobody can hit him. And I think that's sort of the preferred method to do it. You know, I was just thinking today, Browns fans haven't seen it happen to their team, but they've seen bad things happen to other teams against the Browns in preseason games. You know, Sam Bradford got hurt against them in a preseason game. Odell Beckham uh, had, had a pretty bad knee injury against the Browns that, that sort of lingered and, and led to another injury later in the year in a preseason game. So uh, Browns fans should know that these things can happen in the preseason. And listen, in 2019, Baker Mayfield and the offense had a great drive to open open their preseason, and it was you know, you were thinking Super Bowl after you watched that drive, and we know how that went. So it's really just about being able to have that controlled environment, have enough competition to get guys ready, but also acknowledge it's a long season. And what happened Saturday in Jacksonville just doesn't really matter. And the flip side of it is this is um, an established um, roster, and that's something that Browns fans, we're not used to that. You know, established guys that you don't have to rush out there. 
Who are some of the guys that these preseason games are big for? Some guys that, that have to go out and do well to, to earn that spot on the 53-man uh, final roster. You know, you really look at the competition points. So Greedy Williams and Greg Newsom. And I don't know how much we're going to see Greedy Williams if he is going to play Saturday night. He's been working with the first team almost exclusively, so obviously they consider him a starter right now. Coming back from that injury, maybe they want to protect him a little bit. So I don't know if we'll see him, but you watch that. You watch the linebackers. Mac Wilson, Sione Takitaki, you know, they've been playing really well. So how do they look? Well, again, they might not play, but what about the guys behind them? Lusu Koromoa, some other guys like that. And the kicking, uh, you know, a good kicking competition. You love to see that. Cody Parkey has to kind of take hold of this job, I think, when he gets his opportunities. All right. So, uh, Freddie Coleman answered the question, are the Browns the team that is best suited to beat the Chiefs in the AFC? This is from ESPN's first take. Again, here's Freddie Coleman. I still think it's the Buffalo Bills because uh, I wonder if the Browns can handle being the hunted because two years ago when they got all that hype, they did not handle it well. Now, I think they'll be better equipped to handle it now because Kevin Stefanski, their head coach, has done a great job, and they've been able to have the right kind of mix of veteran leadership and those guys who've grown up from two years ago. But this Buffalo Bills team, they got a bunch of dudes on defense that just get after the quarterback. They have an underrated secondary. I know that Josh Allen gets a lot of credit, but the wide receiver is terrific. They bring in Emmanuel Sanders to help out this football team. So Cleveland is terrific. I think Cleveland is going to be a terrific team. That's a potential 11-12 to 12 win team. But in terms of being the best chance to beat Kansas City, I'm going to trust it's the Buffalo Bills because they're tough. They're physical. They're relentless. That's not to say that the Browns are not. But I just think having that experience of dealing with being the hunted in the AFC, when people said this will be your division, then they went out there and won it. And then they gave Kansas City a, uh, more than a holy you-know-what in the first half of the AFC championship game. I trust that that team can handle being the hunted a little bit better than Cleveland this year and stands the best chance to beat the Chiefs in the AFC. And, Dan, I, if you told me the Ravens, if you told me the Bills, I, I couldn't argue with it. I don't necessarily agree with the rationale. Uh, but if you tell me you think it's the Bills, I can't necessarily argue. Right. I mean, it could be any of those teams. But the thing that Browns fans need to keep in mind is when you kind of go through the rosters and you look at the Chiefs and the Browns and you stack them side by side, there are legitimate areas where the Browns are, are just better than the Kansas City Chiefs. Right. Obviously, the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. But, you know, in the running back room, the offensive line, there's areas on the defense where the Browns are just better than the Kansas City Chiefs. So I think those rosters stack up really well against each other. I think the Browns will handle being kind of the hunted team well, too. I, you know, I understand why he's saying that, but I think they're going to be fine, you know, being the team that they aren't, that's not going to sneak up on anybody. Because to be honest with you, I don't know that they were necessarily sneaking up on anybody last year. They, they were just taking advantage of, of the opportunities in front of them, and they won 11 games in the process. And, uh, you know, I, I think they'll handle that okay. And I think if you stacked up the Browns roster against the Bills, um, I think the Browns is better. I, I just do. Um, and, and you go back to the running back room. You go back to the offensive line. Um, I know they have Stephon Diggs. I know they have some guys on defense. But I like the Browns roster than the Bills. I just do. Right. And, you know, if you were to sit down and let, let's say you take the quarterbacks out of the equation, you were to start drafting players from the Browns and the Bills, you might take a few Browns players before you, you start taking Bills players. So, you know, you got Miles Garrett, Clowney, Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry. There's so many guys. I didn't even mention Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So the talent on the Browns roster really does stack up. 
I think among the best in the league, whether it's the Bills, the Chiefs, if you want to jump over to the Buccaneers who might have the best roster in football overall, I think the Browns even stack up pretty well against a, a roster like that. Yeah, I, again, I don't think many people could argue that. Okay, so some news for a former Brown. So Joe Schobert, who went to Jacksonville via free agent, has reportedly been traded to the Steelers now. Hasn't been made official, but everybody's saying it's going to happen. That usually means it's going to happen. Schobert to the Steelers. Uh, it's an area the Steelers needed to protect themselves in, inside linebacker. Right, and, and Megan Schobert seems to be convinced it's going to happen, and I, so I suppose she would know. Uh, so this is really interesting because Schobert obviously was here in Cleveland, and I know that he was a guy that a lot of fans loved. You know, maybe got a little more attention. That you know, he was a good linebacker, not a great linebacker, I guess is how I would put it. But what's interesting about Schobert is he kind of fits this mold of linebacker that we've talked so much about with the Browns, kind of fast, athletic, uh, can force turnovers can intercept, can cover, you know, it had some, it had some issues in coverage, but I, I think he's gotten better in that area. I, I really like Joe Schobert as a player. I think this is an addition for the Steelers that's going to help them. I don't think it changes my view of them necessarily or my outlook uh, of them versus the Browns, but it certainly does make them a better football team. Yeah, and it's hard to argue with, again, Joe Schobert, uh, again, a fan favorite, and Megan Schobert, his wife, and as two married guys, the wife will tell you where, where you're going as far as the profession goes. <laughs> Dan Lobby, Browns beat reporter, and I going to step aside, take a quick time out. On the other side of the break, uh, we'll hear from Bill, Bill Callahan, the secret to the Browns' offensive line success. Sports for CLE will be right back. Stay with us. Life is getting back on track, and you can too. If you or your family have experienced financial hardship as a result of COVID-19, Tri-C can help with tuition assistance. Safely get the in-demand degree or training you need with online and on-campus classes. Go to tri-c.edu to check out our programs and resources. So, what are you waiting for? Register now for fall classes. Tri-C is where futures begin. When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line. A long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just a mattress store. Experience an original, the Original Mattress Factory. We continue talking Browns football with Browns beat reporter from Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com, Dan Lobby. So, Browns offensive line coach Bill Callahan talked uh, about 
the secret to success for the Browns and uh, that offensive line, they never get satisfied and they're always trying something new. And if you don't take those types of risks, you'll never improve. And that's just kind of how we see the game. And if you don't get into that every day and, and, and try something different, you, you'll never know. You'll just be in a rut. And it's just like, you know, throwing that fastball every time. You know, you just keep throwing that fastball and fastball. You know, someone's going to hit it. And they're going to hit it long and deep. And so we try to really, you know, change the program a little bit and be a little bit more, you know, different and try to give them some subtleties that maybe they haven't been exposed to that may suit their game or may help their game. Let's bring back in Dan Lobby. And, Dan, I thought that was really interesting. It's um, it's kind of keep challenging guys to find new ways on that line to beat pass rush moves or to do run run moves differently. Yeah, it's, it's why Bill Callahan is really one of the best coaches, best assistant coaches in football, and, and he's really transformed this offensive line and made it so much better. And, you know, it just reminds me when you're watching these practice reps every day, we put so much stock in, into what we see, but sometimes you do have to take into account like, hey, they're drilling things or they're trying new things or, you know, they want to see how something looks. And it's not necessarily an exact replica of what will happen in a game if there's a tight end next to the tackle or if there's a running back there to help out and ship. So, uh, you know, I could sit there and listen to Bill Callahan talk football all day. He's been a great addition to the Browns and just as a guy that Kevin Stefanski can lean on too. So not just what he's done with the offensive line, but just a guy that, you know, Stefanski says his office is right next to him. So he can go and, and knock on the door and pick his brain when, when he's got questions or, or needs help with an issue as, you know, kind of a first time head coach. So um, the, the other th- question is, is uh, not a, is Baker Mayfield the top five MVP candidate? And we can delve into that a little bit. Um, Keyshawn Johnson on uh, ESPN's KJZ had this to say about that question. He won't be a top five MVP candidate because they're going to do so much in the running game that is going to take things away from him statistically. And when you are statistical out in nature, when these guys are voting and stuff yeah. like that, they're looking at the statistics. His statistics won't be there where he will be allowed to, to be in that kind of arena with those other quarterbacks. That's how I agree with that. He might play terrific. He, they play, might, have he a might be year, an MVP, but, but I don't think people will give yeah, him when credit. When you're throwing 3,500 yards yeah. and, and, you know, it's just not, they're not going to do it. And again, Dan, I think that's a valid point. But I still think he's going to throw for more yards than some people think and more touchdowns as well. I do, too. I think we're going to see the numbers that we start to see from elite quarterbacks in in Baker Mayfield. You know, he's never thrown for over 4,000. And there's some things he hasn't quite gotten to in his career. And I think the offense is going to be a little more open than people are maybe thinking it, it will be. Now, they're going to run the ball with Nick Chubb, and they're going to let Kareem Hunt get opportunities. But... I do think they're going to lean on the passing game a lot more. And they really did towards the the back half of last season and going into the playoffs. They did rely on the passing game. So I think he's going to have opportunities. It's going to take the Browns, you know, maybe going 14 and three, maybe getting the first seed in the AFC. If they do that, then Baker Mayfield is going to be in the discussion for MVP. You know, if they win 11 or 12 games again and, and they're a wild card team, then it's going to be a little more difficult. I think team success factors into it as well. Yeah, and, and you know what? It's quite possible they could win 13 or 14 games. I, I would not say that's ridiculous um, as something to predict. All right, a, a guy that uh, the Browns drafted has become kind of a Swiss Army knife, uh, Demetric Felton. Picked late in the draft, some wide receivers, some running back. Uh, Felton was asked which he prefers. 
You know, I always say that I really don't have a preference. You know, um, my only preference is putting the ball in my hands and letting me make plays. Um, you know, I feel like I can be very successful at either position, and uh, I feel really comfortable at either one. And how challenging is it with the, the playbook, you know, having to know and understand what's in there for the running backs and the responsibility that comes with that, and then also having to have an understanding and knowledge of what's required of you at receiver? How difficult is that? Uh, it can get, you know, it, it can get confusing. You like mix certain rules together. You have to know a lot more about one play than, uh, sort of say, another player who just plays one position. But you know, it just it's just with anything. If you work hard at it, study hard, you'll be able to figure it out. Definitely in some space, you know. That's why I feel like I'm most uh, effective, and uh, you know, can have a chance of scoring a touchdown. Uh, but I definitely have no problem running it up the gut. You know, like I said before, I just want the ball in my hands because I feel like I'm a playmaker and I can make things happen. And uh, you can never have enough playmakers. What have you seen from Demetric Felton, Dan? You know, he's he's been working a lot with the wide receivers, more than necessarily the running backs. You know, yesterday I showed up to kind of look for him a little bit and he was over with the returners and then he spent time uh, with the wide receivers, spent time talking with Odell Beckham Jr. So, He's he's really splitting his time, but I've seen him a lot with the wide receivers, especially with Anthony Schwartz dealing with a hamstring, and he's he's been missing time. So I think there's an opportunity there for him. But you know, I'm curious to see what his role is ultimately going to be. You know, Kareem Hunt kind of does a lot of that dual threat stuff, and he's going to be the guy that's in there on third down. But you know, Kevin Stefanski and Alex Van Pelt are going to come up with some wrinkle to put Demetric Felton on the field, I think, and, and cause defenses to maybe just think for a split second, okay, what are they going to do with this guy? It, it's just another kind of toy for this offensive staff to play with. When you, and I know you wrote about this, you looked at De, uh, Dearness Johnson, you look at Felton. Talk a little bit about the, the take us through what you wrote on that and, and just the thought behind it. It's kind of an interesting dynamic because Dearness Johnson, you know, when Demetri Felton got drafted, I thought maybe that was bad news for Dearness Johnson. How do you put, how do you put him on the roster? You know, if you've got Chubb, you've got Hunt, you're probably only going to keep one other running back. So how do you fit Dearness Johnson and Demetri Felton on the roster? And Dearness just had a really good camp and and he's a guy that's shown you he can step in and and carry the football. And, And frankly, both these guys should perform well on Saturday night in Jacksonville in that preseason setting. It's just primed for running backs down the depth chart to have big nights. So um, I want to see how that plays out. I don't think Demetric Felton, I don't see a scenario where they get rid of the draft. So he's going to make the roster. I would be surprised if he didn't. But now I'm not sure if that necessarily means Dearness Johnson won't make it, especially if he can help them in the kick return game and if they view Felton maybe as more of a wide receiver. Dan Lobby, Browns beat reporter for The Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com, and I are going to step aside, take a quick time out on the other side of the break. We're going to turn our attention to the defensive side of the ball, um, a look at the depth chart. We'll also talk some Mac Wilson. Sports for CLE. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Life is getting back on track, and so is the job market. Be ready with the training you'll need to get a great job. If you or your family has experienced financial hardship as a result of COVID-19, Tri-C can help with tuition assistance. Whether you want to improve your skills, get certified, or train for a new career, go to tri-c.edu to check out our programs and resources. Register now for online and on-campus classes. Tri-C is where futures begin. 
When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line, a long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just a mattress store. Experience an original, the Original Mattress Factory. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education program recognizes role model students and teachers from across Ohio. Nominations can now be done completely online. To nominate a deserving teacher or student, go to ohiolottery.com. In the About section, find Partners in Education. There you will find links to the nomination forms. Students, kindergarten through 12th grade, can be academic all-stars. Teachers can be honored as a Teacher of the Month. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education, where stars shine. We continue talking Browns football with Dan Lobby, Browns beat reporter for the Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com. Uh, the unofficial depth chart, the first one of the year, came out. Let's look at the defensive side of the football and uh, a lot of familiar names and some new ones. Uh, you look at Jackson and Billings as the tackles, Clowney and N. All those guys new this year. Uh, Greedy Williams was injured last year. John Johnson the third uh, and Anthony Walker all listed on that uh, top of the depth chart. So, Dan, um, you look at the linebacking core and Taki Taki and Mac Wilson uh, listed as the starters, especially Mac Wilson. That was a guy that some thought was kind of on that roster bubble, but how well has he performed thus far in training camp? It's really a credit to both of those guys that they've come in and taken advantage of, of their opportunity. And Mac Wilson, especially with Owusu Kormo going on the COVID list, Tony Fields, you know, hurting his foot again. It was, it's actually the other foot than, than what he hurt in the spring. So, you know, I, I think Mac Wilson deserves a ton of credit for showing up. You know, he's, he's really kind of transformed his body a little bit. He, he shaped himself a little more the way, the way the Browns want him to, to be. You know, I don't know what Mac Wilson is ultimately. I don't know if he's the guy you want starting at linebacker, but I think he's certainly proven in this camp that he's a guy that uh, belongs on the football field. And right now, he he deserves to be with that number one group of linebackers. He's earned it. And you know what? Good for him. Um, good for a guy rising to the challenge when he knew that was um, confronting him. So let's hope it continues for Mac Wilson. All right, so a bunch of new additions to the defense, and we kind of went through a couple of them. Who has really stood out for you um, of the guys they have added? You know, it's a really obvious one. <laughs> it's John Johnson. He's really lived up to the billing. We've gotten an opportunity to to get an up close look at that defense. Uh, they did a red zone period early in early in training camp, and he was talking the whole time and not trash talk. It was directing traffic. It was calling out what he was seeing before the play, during the play. You know, making sure guys were going where they were supposed to go. The other day we were in the field house and we were kind of right behind the defense while they were practicing and. He sniffed out a run play pretty much at the snap and, and was, you know, calling it out and ran over and helped make the play. So John Johnson is really flying around. He seems to get himself around the football a lot. And that just tells you that he's really smart. He puts in the work. He knows what he's seeing. And when all those things come together, you end up around the football and, and he's lived up to it. So the, the defense has a bunch of new players on it. Offense has basically the same guys coming back intact. Um, we've heard that the, the defense is kind of ahead of the offense somewhat. 
Um, is that a surprise? Is it a surprise how cohesive maybe the, the word you use the defense looks early in camp? Yeah, you know, I, I would have thought maybe the offense would come out and, and look a little better. Sometimes in these settings, the defense will look better. But I also think sometimes it's going back to kind of what we talked about with Bill Callahan. They're working on some things. They're experimenting with some things. And, you know, the thing about Baker Mayfield is he's kind of a when the lights are on type of quarterback. So, you know, obviously, look, he puts in the work. He, he practices hard. He does what he's supposed to do in practice. But there's just something clicks on when the lights turn on with Baker Mayfield and you can just kind of sense it. I mean, I've made the mistake of reading too much into maybe a practice performance from Baker Mayfield in the past. I'm not going to do it again. <laughs> this is a guy that when the lights go on, you know, he responds. So I think the offense is going to catch up and, and when we start playing real games, we're going to see really what this offense can look like. But again, it's a, it's a good sign that the defense appears to kind of be coming together pretty quickly. Pro football focus key first-year starter for each and every team, and they list Jadavian Clowney for the Browns. I, I think that's the right choice. Uh, he's really going to be vital to what they want to do in that pass rush. Uh, you know, and he's looked the part. He's the healthiest he's been. We got a chance to talk to him last week, I think it was, and you know, he was saying this is his first training camp in a long time, whether it's because he was hurt or because he signed late or he was holding out, whatever it was. Uh, this is the first time he's been in training camp. He's been healthy. He's been ready to go. He seems really engaged with Miles Garrett. The two spend time working together uh, on the side on their pass rush moves when, when they're not in reps. So Javian Clowney is the key guy here because the other thing is if, if he gets hurt, you have a problem. There's not a ton of depth in that defensive end rotation right now. With Tack McKinley, he's excused for personal reasons, not sure when he's going to be back. And then you start getting into a lot of unproven guys. So I think Jadavian Clowney being here now, being on the field and being healthy for 17 games is really important to this pass rush. And if he is, think about Clowney on one side and Garrett on the other and think about what that poor quarterback is thinking. And don't forget those guys in the middle too because I think they really help those ends a lot. We talk about the bookends, but I really think what happens and kind of what we overlook is when you create pressure up the middle, that quarterback has to go somewhere. And when he goes somewhere, there's going to be either 95 on one side or 90 on the other, and he's not going to have any place to run. Yeah, and, and neither is a really good option for him. <laughs> All right, so uh, Jeremiah Usukoromoa missed some time at the beginning of camp, um, and, and he just talked about how important this preseason, especially this game, is to help him get the reps and, and up to playing speed. I thought I was up to speed when I, you know, first came back. I was like, yeah, you know, I did the walkthroughs, you know, I ran through the plays in my mind, ran through the plays on the whiteboard and things like that. But uh, like I told the media a couple of days back, um, you know, it's nothing really like those in-game or those in-practice uh, reps to be able to simulate um, exactly, you know, how, it's feel, how it feels to be out there, um, to have uh, other guys coming at you, ready to block you and trying to execute, being able to process things um, in less than a split second. And, you know, it, it's, it's, I'm not too far back, and I'm not far back at all in my mind, but uh, those things do uh, come with experience. And, Dan, you like everything you hear from Owusu Koromoa because I think that's exactly it. It's going to be a, a little bit quicker than he's used to uh, at the elite college programs like Notre Dame. Right, and, and every level it kind of just speeds up. But not, not just going from college to the pros, but then in the NFL there's – 
you know, kind of that pace you practiced in the spring. And then you get to training camp, there's that speed. And, you know, this is where preseason is valuable because that's a little bit faster now because you're going against another team and, and guys trying to make rosters there. And then, of course, you, you get to the regular season and, and the real games and the speed is just amped up even more. So, uh, you know, Wusu Kormo is going to pick up on things really quickly. I'm curious to see kind of where he ends up now getting playing time after this first game. That's sort of a, a good point for this coaching staff to sit down and maybe rethink some things, give some guys some opportunities up the depth chart if they want to do that. He's been working mostly with the third team right now, but I think we're going to see that change quickly, especially if he plays well on Saturday night. Is there anybody on defense? We, we talked a little bit about the defensive ends. Who are some names to listen out for as you go deeper in that, um, in that rotation that if they play well could grab some playing time? Well, I would have said MJ Stewart, but he came up with a hamstring, so I'm not sure if he's going to play. But he was a guy that was competing in the slot, and he was playing a little safety too. Uh, so, you know, I'm not sure if we're going to see him on Saturday night or not. You know, Javante Moffitt is a guy Browns fans might remember from last preseason, like last training camp, I should say, because there was no preseason. But uh, Javante Moffitt is a guy that could get an opportunity with uh, with guys banged up in that secondary. You know, Robert Jackson, he got playing time last year. He played in important games for this team, and he's been working up the depth chart a little bit. And, and I want to see kind of what he's improved on. And I'm sure he'll be out there early on Saturday night in Jacksonville. So he's another guy that, again, Browns fans might remember that name. And I kind of want to see what a guy like Robert Jackson looks like. So, you know, those are sort of the guys we're talking about. Some plays, some players that you might remember from last year who got thrown in in a pinch, uh, but now they're getting kind of a real opportunity. Dan Lobby, Browns beat reporter for the Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com, and I am going to step aside on the other side of the break. We will hear from Colin Coward on Baker Mayfield. Also, a look at the NFL coaching tiers. We'll tell you where Kevin Stefanski is in this coaching tier system sports for CLE will be right back stay with us when it comes to selling you a mattress most retailers are handing you a line a long line of extra steps to drive up costs and create confusion at the original mattress factory we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you it's short sweet and simply makes sense so experience more than just a mattress store. Experience an original, the original mattress factory. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education program recognizes role model students and teachers from across Ohio. Nominations can now be done completely online. To nominate a deserving teacher or student, go to ohiolottery.com. In the About section, find Partners in Education. There you will find links to the nomination forms. Students, kindergarten through 12th grade, can be academic all-stars. Teachers can be honored as a Teacher of the Month. The Ohio Lottery, partners in education, where stars shine.
continue talking Browns football with Dan Lobby from Cleveland.com and the Plain Dealer Browns beat reporter. So Colin Coward, Fox Sports, um, talked pay or play Baker Mayfield. Let's listen to Colin Coward. Baker Mayfield. Close, but I'd say I'll play a little bit more. No quarterback in the NFL has thrown more interceptions than Baker Mayfield since he was drafted. I don't love his judgment. I've said before, I think he lacks maturity. It's never been about his talent. Never. His interceptions, there's a connection to his lack of judgment off the field. A little too cocky for my taste. But, excellent O-line. He's got leverage because Cleveland's not getting rid of a quarterback that goes to the playoffs back-to-back years, and Cleveland's going to make the playoffs. Should. So, I I need to see him play more. I want to see how he handles success. Give me till Thanksgiving and all of a sense of, did Baker in good shape? Is he a grown-up? Can he handle success? My guess, though, 80 to 20%, they're going to pay him. And, uh, Dan, I would have bought some of that argument a year ago, maybe two years ago. I think um, Colin needs to listen to Baker more recently, and, and uh, I invite him to listen to our show so, so he can hear Baker Mayfield because I think the growth has been pretty obvious, especially to, to folks around here. And the other thing I'd say, put Josh Allen in a Freddie Kitchens offense. Let's see how he does as far as interceptions go. Right. I mean, look, look the Josh Allen story is great and how he's, his career has gone has, has been incredible. But I don't think Josh Allen would have survived in Cleveland with, with everything that was going on and, and the impatience of the fan base. I, I think it would have been pretty bad for Josh Allen here if he would have had those first two years. As far as Baker is concerned, you know, look, it's a great topic to talk about. It's it's fun to kind of talk about Jimmy Haslam's money and how to spend it. But the reality is he's going to get paid eventually. And it's just a matter of when the Browns want to do it because you really have to weigh the idea of, okay, if Baker Mayfield's not going to be the guy, what are you going to do? You're not going to be bad enough to draft somebody. You're not going to, you don't want to go start bringing in Kirk Cousins types and things like that. You have a really good thing going with Baker Mayfield. And like you mentioned, He's really grown up in, in the last couple of years, and he's really displayed that maturity. And by the way, the turnovers, they pretty much disappeared in the second half of last season. So if that continues, you know, watch out. That's when Baker Mayfield really levels up. And, and you know, the, the reason is, is because he finally has decent coaching. I mean, let's, let's be honest. I mean, Kevin Spansky and Alex Van Pelt have made uh, an, a remarkable um, difference in Baker Mayfield. And Baker Mayfield knows that. Right. I think he understands that he's got a really good thing going with those two guys. Uh, you know, they expect a lot out of him. They coach him up really hard. I mean, I've said it before here on this show, Alex Van Pelt comes in and the first thing he says in a press conference streamed everywhere is we're going to change Baker Mayfield's footwork. This is how I think it should be done. And that's what they did. So, you know, Baker, the thing this coaching staff understands is the things that Baker Mayfield does well. And they put him in positions where he can make plays out of play action on the move, out of the pocket, all of that stuff. They understand how to make Baker Mayfield a really good quarterback. And then you start to add in the arm talent, the accuracy, you know, the smarts, the leadership. And that's when you go from being a good quarterback in a system that suits you to becoming that top five MVP candidate that we talked about earlier. And, you know, you mentioned the the coaching staff understands his strengths and plays to him. It's the sign of a good coaching staff and, and a good head coach. Along those topics, NFL uh, coaching tiers. And um, it's kind of interesting, so we're going to take a look at this. Top tier, and it's no surprise, it's uh, Sean Payton, Bill Belichick, Andy Reid, Sean McVay. 
okay, I'll give him that. Second tier, Harbaugh and Tomlin on there, along with Matt LaFleur, Kyle Shanahan. Third tier, Kevin Stefanski is in there with Zimmer, Flores, Frank Reich, Vrabel, and Pete Carroll. I say the only reason I think Kevin Stefanski is in the third tier instead of the second tier is because he's only done it for a year. But I fully expect as the years go on, he's going to keep moving up into that second, maybe even the first tier if he's if he does it long enough. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think when you hear people talk about Kevin Stefanski and then you kind of see how they rank coaches, you just sort of get the sense that they really like and they really believe he's going to be a good coach and he's going to be a tier one or tier, tier two coach. But ultimately, they just want to see it again for another year. They just want to see him develop on, on what he did last year. But, you know, look, the company he's in there in tier three is, isn't bad. I mean, I really like a guy like Mike Prabel. Obviously, uh, you know, there's other guys in that tier. Pete Carroll has, has been really successful. He's a very different coach from Kevin Stefanski. But I think eventually we're going to see Stefanski make that leap. I mean, you look at a guy like Matt LaFleur, who they have in, in tier two, and obviously that's because he's won a lot of games and been successful there in Green Bay. You know, there's no reason to believe that Kevin Stefanski won't be thought of at, at the same level or even ahead of Matt LaFleur by the end of this year. Yeah, and I would agree. Again, winning moves coaches. It's amazing what good players can do to coaches, huh? <laughs> you, know? right. you move up those tiers with elite rosters. Um, let's talk a little bit about the position battles. There were a couple of them that were that were playing out, you know, the cornerback opposite Denzel Ward, third wide receiver. How have, how have those been playing out um, – as training camp has gone on? You know, the cornerback back battle has been pretty quiet. Um, we, we, there hasn't been a lot to really go off of. Like I said, Greedy Williams has been working a lot with the first team. Craig Newsom has sort of been in and out first team reps. Sometimes it's been Troy Hill. Sometimes it's been when Denzel Ward has been healthy, it's been Greedy. Uh, so, you know, we've seen a little more of Greg Newsom now uh, with Denzel Ward sitting out with soreness. So Greedy's moved into that spot. Greg Newsom's getting opportunities Eventually, I think Greg Newsom is going to make a move. I, I really do. And maybe it'll happen if he ends up playing on Saturday night. You know, maybe he intercepts Trevor Lawrence or something and, and does something to get the coaching staff's attention. But I think we're getting to a point now with preseason games starting, joint practices. I think Greg Newsom is going to make his move at some point. I've kind of been saying all along that he's going to end up as the starter. I think it'll happen before the season starts. But if it doesn't, it'll happen during the season at some point. You don't pick a guy at number 26 overall did not start. So he'll be the starting corner at some point, and we might see him kind of push a little bit here in the coming weeks. What about Donovan Peoples-Jones? That's a guy that by all accounts has had a, um, a fantastic camp. Um, has he kind of locked down that third receiver spot or still to be determined? Uh, you know, I, it's it's probably between him and Richard Higgins right now. Uh, you know, Daryl Hodge is still in the mix. Kind of know what Higgins can do, but – what I love about Donovan Peoples-Jones is you want to see a guy who understands when he's coming into camp. What happened last year is last year. He's going to show up. He's going to be ready. He's going to compete, and he's going to make plays. And that tells me something uh, about the player. That tells me that this guy didn't sit around in the offseason and think, oh, I scored some touchdowns. I made some big plays last year. I'm good. You know, he put in the time, and he put in the work. It tells you a lot about him. It tells you a lot about what he can become as a sixth-round pick, which you know he might end up being one of the steals of that draft when all is said and done. If, if I had to pick a third receiver right now, I would say it's Donovan Peoples-Jones, but I think they're going to play the matchup game a lot. Rashard Higgins is certainly, you know, going to be a factor in the passing game. Yeah, and, and he gives them that chemistry and that sixth sense with Baker Mayfield. All right, well, one of the things that has obviously, um, I won't say it's a concern, but, it, you know, you, you keep your eye on it. A lot of hamstring injuries uh, for the Browns. 
Kevin Stefanski kind of explained, you know, what's going on with those. I think soft tissue injuries, Tony, uh, are prevalent across the league in, in the first weeks of training camp. I think that's what the data suggests. Um, you know, obviously we don't want, want anybody to get injured and we try to prevent as many as we can. Uh, there's something about playing football, though, where you react and you burst, which is different than training. You, you can train uh, quite a bit and be in great shape, but all of a sudden the ball is in the air and you got to burst for it. And that's oftentimes what happens with soft tissue injuries. So it's something that we spend a lot of time on trying to prevent. Uh, I'd love to tell you we, we could prevent all of them. I don't think that's realistic uh, but it, it's the it is it is the normal course of training camp, and you got to practice football in order to to get ready to play football. So, again, hate that it's out there. Uh, I don't think we're different than most uh, that that we're dealing with some of it right now. Um, but I'm hopeful over the course of the next few days uh, that guys start to come back off of that uh, group. And Dan, it's obviously concerning that so many guys have the hamstrings, but the good news is is they're not guys that are missing, you know, weeks or months because they need surgery. <laughs> yeah, I think for each guy, it's a little bit different kind of how it might impact them. So Miles Garrett, right? Miles Garrett is going to show up week one and, and be ready to go. You, you don't have to worry about him. The, the guys you get concerned about is you know, Anthony Schwartz, who I mentioned earlier. I mean, he missed time in spring because of a hamstring, and now he's missing time in camp. And so it concerns you a little bit that is he going to be able to get up to be ready to go by week one? It, you get a little worried. Ronnie Harrison, you want to see him out there because with Grant Delpit now dealing with a hamstring coming back from the Achilles, you want to see Ronnie Harrison on the field and not be so shorthanded at the safety position. If there's any good news, it's that it's happening early. Like you mentioned, there's nothing serious in any of these. Nobody's undergoing surgery or, I mean, Rashad Bateman with the Ravens, you know, he's going to miss you know, a fairly significant amount of time. He might be ready by week one, but we don't know. Most of these guys should be back before the season starts, but it is going to put some of these young guys behind the eight ball. Dan Lobby, Browns beat reporter for the Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com. Safe travels to Jacksonville. Uh, appreciate the time very much and the insight, Dan. Thanks. Thank you. All right, uh, Dan Lobby, Browns beat reporter. Remember, you can read his game stories and analysis, uh, Cleveland.com and the Plain Dealer. We're going to step aside, take a quick time out on the other side of the break. We shift our focus to high school football. Ryan Cavanaugh, analyst for Spectrum Sports High School Football Games, will join us straight ahead. Sports for CLE. CLE continues. We're going to shift our attention to high school football as 
Uh, most teams will be getting ready and gearing up for their first game either next Thursday or a week from today, next Friday. Let's welcome in Ryan Cavanaugh, my longtime partner on uh, high school football. Spectrum News 1 is where we will be this year. And uh, Ryan, let's begin where you ended last year, the Hoban Knights Division 2. They were state champs a year ago. Uh, Shane Ham seems like he's been quarterbacking longer than you and I have been calling games, but he finally graduated after four years as a starter. Man, what a career he had also. And, you know, as you look at it, Hoban is going to have to answer that question that they haven't had to answer for four years. And when you go back to Danny Clark, even before that, you had about two quarterbacks in seven years at Hoban. So that's the big question as Hoban uh, comes into this season, defending state champs. Who is going to be the quarterback? Well, the answer comes from an unlikely place. It's Javion Crable. He was at Maslin last year, only a junior, transfers in. The name's familiar because his father, Sean Crable, also from Maslin, played uh, at Michigan and then in the, uh, in the NFL for the Patriots. So Javion Crable comes in. He's got a talented backfield, Lamar Sperling and Mark McKinney. And there's coach Tim Purell. One thing he always has, Dave, is an outstanding big physical offensive line. Uh, I, and there's some of them. I expect that to be the case again this year. Um, and then on the other side of the ball, defensively, they have what I think might be the best nose tackle in the entire state, James Martin. He's only a junior. He's started since he was a freshman. Um, so Shane Hand may be gone, but the cupboard's not bare at Hoban. Yeah, and Tim Terrell is a heck of a football coach as well. We know that. All right. Division one, let's talk a little bit about Menor. Cardinals uh, nine and two a season ago. Um, what do they have coming back and, and who should we pay attention to with Menor? Well, speaking of quarterbacks, it's a unique situation, Dave. You and I had the game. Uh, Jacob Snow, sophomore, started in the state semifinal against Pick Central, and he had about 24 hours notice that he was going to be the guy. Uh, this year, he comes in. No questions about who the quarterback is, and he's going to have a little more than 24 hours to prepare. You know that men are, they always have a bunch of sure-handed wide receivers, guys that can get open. They got running back Brendan Panhorst back, and defensively, only a junior, Brendan Vernon, the three-year starter, committed to Notre Dame. Uh, he is a monster coming off the edge. So expect Menor to be where they always are, Dave, and that's in the conversation for a state championship. Yeah, without question. And Snow was a tough kid. He, he, um, he did not shy away from contact in that first start in the state semis. Um, <laughs> let's move on to another team. Always, uh, always good, always ready to go. St. Edward Eagles, 6-2 and two a year ago, lost to Medina in, uh, in the playoffs. Well, Coach Lombardo brings back his quarterback, Christian Ramos. Uh, as you know, Dave, a terrific baseball player is Ramos. As he went on last year, he continued to get better and he continued to gain confidence. And I look for Coach Lombardo to lean on that experience that Ramos is bringing uh, to the huddle. He's got Danny Anovich, really tough runner. Dan Scanlon, the offensive line coach, somehow always finds these guys that end up being all-state caliber linemen. So you look at the experience at the quarterback position, the running back position, and then defensively, there's Joel Castleberry. Uh, Castleberry, along with Zion Freer-Brown, will be two of the names to keep an eye on as the St. Ed's Eagles look to. I, I think they got a little revenge in mind, Dave. I want another shot at the battling bees from Medina, uh, but that won't happen until the playoffs, and, and they've got to get there. They've got a tough schedule. Yeah, and, and speaking of which, Medina, 6-4, and four, made a nice playoff run a season ago. Um, we know the guy that's, that's under center. He's one of the best in the state uh, and one of the best in the country, actually. Quarterback Drew Aller. 
Yep. And we're going to talk about him, Dave. But, you know, I think he's Mr. Football. He's got to be at the beginning of that list. Drew Aller, his arm can win you games. Uh, he's a very athletic quarterback, and he's just a tremendous talent. But, you know, you and I, Dave, became very familiar with this uh, team last year through the playoffs. They finished strong. They beat Solon, Strongsville. Then get this, St. Ed's and St. Ignatius before falling to Menor in the regional finals. What impressed me the most offensively, I, obviously Drew Aller stands alone, but the number of wide receivers that could get open, catch the ball, and then do special things after the catch stood out. And defensively, I, you know, Dave, I went down to Medina and I was looking for the mold, the mold of the 6'4", 220-pound football player that apparently they just keep pressing out because they had six, seven dudes that were about that size. Very athletic. They could run. A lot of them double as uh, tight ends and running backs. So I, I expect to see that physical brand of football. Of course, you've got the big quarterback who's going to get the headlines. But what I think Medina has in their favor that they haven't had in the past is that big game experience. They know not only can they play with and compete, but they can beat the Saints. Yeah, you know, they did it back-to-back -back, uh, last last uh, year in the playoffs, and that's always tough to do. All right, uh, another team that's kind of interesting, Division One Stowe, 5-2, and two, and this is a team that um, if you're not paying attention to the Stowe Bulldogs, you should be. Well, and, and when you see them get off the bus, you will <laughs> notice this massive offensive line that they're going to roll out. Uh, Coach Tom Phillips, about his third or fourth year there, and he's really got things moving. They've got a good quarterback themselves in Owen Bainbridge. Um, I mean, look at the size, right? I mean, how, how do you compete with this? So they're going to be big. They're going to be physical, and they've got some shifty players. Xavier Preston's one of those guys. Get the football to them. Good things will happen. And I think, Dave Stowe, they're flying a little bit under the radar, which I'm sure is exactly where they want to be. Yeah, and one thing we know, um, the Bulldogs under Coach Phillips are going to be physical. You, you are going to get hit. Um, you mentioned the line. That defense will come up and, and hit you. We've seen that since he's been uh, over at Stowe as well. Yeah, he's definitely made his mark there. That's, it's what I call the ice bath kind of game. You know, when you, when you get back, you're looking to get in the ice bath because you're going to be sore. Um, and they, he's got full buy-in. You know, now these are kids that have been in his program. Uh, Coach Phillips has been around the state. He's done great things at a lot of different places. And I expect the star of Stowe to continue to get brighter and them to be back in the conversation where they were years ago, you know, when they had these deep playoff runs with Mark Norrie as their head coach. Ryan Cavanaugh, my play-by-play -play, uh, color, actually my color analyst, I do play-by-play -play, uh, on Spectrum News 1. We're going to step aside, take a quick timeout. On the other side of the break, Ryan's going to break down some of the players from Northeast Ohio that you'll be hearing about on the high school level. Sports for CLE will be right back. Stay with us. Life is getting back on track, and you can too. If you or your family have experienced financial hardship as a result of COVID-19, Tri-C can help with tuition assistance. Safely get the in-demand degree or training you need with online and on-campus classes. Go to tri-c.edu to check out our programs and resources. So, what are you waiting for? Register now for fall classes. Tri-C is where futures begin. When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line, a long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. 
It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just a mattress store. Experience an original, the original mattress factory. Back sports for CLE. We continue talking high school football with Spectrum News One uh, high school football analyst Ryan Cavanaugh, my longtime color partner, and uh, Ryan Drew Aller. Uh, we touched on him, quarterback uh, from Medina. Um, he's a lot of fun to watch. He makes some throws where you just go, "Man, how did he do that?" <laughs> Davey, you said it best. We've called I don't know how many hundreds of games and seen hundreds of quarterbacks over the years. And from the, the first time you and I walked out and we saw Drew Auer warming up, you knew something was different. Um, I don't know that I've ever enjoyed in the pregame watching a quarterback warm up as much as I do this young man. And I've seen him throw 40-yard uh, post routes on a line into the wind. There's no, you know, it's very cliche. He can make all the throws. It's a different meaning when you watch Drew Auer throw the football uh, numbers are through the roof, even though he was banged up at times last year. Uh, that took away some of his athleticism in running the football. I expect him to be 100%, and I expect him to light up scoreboards all over Northeast Ohio in the state. And on that throw right there, you see him thrown against his body. He made another throw in that same game where he threw against his body to the opposite hash mark 45 yards downfield. You're not supposed to be able to do that. <laughs> even at the college level, let alone the high school level. But those are the type of throws um, that had him as one of the top quarterbacks, not in the state, but in the country. He went to the Elite 11, which you know gathers the highest-ranked quarterbacks in high school in the country, puts them together for four or five, or four or five days, and, and you have former quarterbacks grading him. He was in the running to be the top and, and had a bad day late in that. Um, that had him fall off, but that's the kind of talent he is. Penn State's getting a good one, Ryan. Yeah, and you know, last year when we saw him, there wasn't there wasn't that much hype around him. He was still getting his name out on the map, and as you mentioned, going out to Elite Eleven, it's there's no secret anymore about who Drew Aller is. And you know, we've mentioned it a couple times some of the quarterbacks we've seen, but you could say Trubisky. We've we've called Joe Burrow's games. Those guys obviously are, are Mr. Football. They're NFL quarterbacks. They're outstanding. But at this level, Drew Aller is every bit as impressive to watch. So if you're in Northeast Ohio and you're a football fan, I strongly suggest you go and see Drew Aller play in person because he's that kind of guy that you, you should say, hey, I saw that guy in high school play. Yeah, without question. Another quarterback, uh, a pretty good one um, in this area as well, Owen Bainbridge. He's headed to Bowling Green. Um, and, and again, a, a guy that – Really good athlete. He is. He's got a couple uh, varsity letters in basketball as well. Three-year starter 
uh, at Stowe family, very good at basketball as well. His brother, um, six foot five, 210 pounds. He's added some muscle uh, in the offseason, and he's got the arm to go with it. I think the ceiling is higher for Owen Bainbridge. I don't think he's come close to realizing his potential. But what he does have uh, is that dual threat. So he averaged 10 yards a carry last game or last year. He averaged a touchdown rushing over a touchdown passing. So he's a real threat. We've talked about that offensive line, uh, and he's also a 3.8 GPA guy. That's what you want in your quarterback position. You want him to have it upstairs as well physically, and Owen Bainbridge checks all those boxes. Uh, another interesting guy is, um, is running back, Valley Forge, and his name is Kentrell Marks, um, headed to the Big Ten in Purdue, a really talented guy. He is. He's explosive. He's a slasher, but he knows – most importantly, what I like from watching him on film is he knows when to get north and south. Uh, because that, sometimes when you have the skill set that Kentrell Marks has, you want to try and make people miss and avoid them. And, and sometimes the best run is knowing when to get straight up hill. And he can do that. And in this area, Dave, I'd say Iris Sampson over at uh, Willoughby South. We mentioned Enovich, of course, the guys at Hoban. But Kentrell Marks, he is the premier running back in Northeast Ohio this year. All right, so we're going to shift our attention to the line. And before we get rolling with a couple of them, there is a guy out at Strongsville who has been starting on the offensive line since a freshman. And uh, you and I went there and did that first game. And <laughs> I think your, your question was, who is that? And that was Blake Miller, who is committed to play at Clemson. You know, Dave, I wish I had the opportunity in high school to play with Blake Miller. Not so he could protect me uh, in the quarterback position, but on these dog days of summer when it's really hot, I could just stand next to him and get some shade. He's that big of a dude, 6'6", 315. And Coach Lou Serino out at Strongsville, even last year, what he suggested, the two biggest points of development for Blake Miller and I expect those to be amplified even more this year. Number one, the transformation of his body. He was no longer 370 pounds. He's 315. You look at him there in film. That's a monster of a man, but he's leaning out. And secondly, he became a run-the-ball-behind-me guy. He became more vocal in the huddle, vocal on the sidelines with Coach Serino, and he's now, Blake Miller is now the guy where he wants you to run behind him on every single play. And how Ohio State let him get the Clemson, I don't know. But um, he's at Strongsville for one more year. Yeah. And you know what? If I'm a running back, you don't have to convince me, Blake. I'm running behind you, brother. <laughs> That's, we call that smart. Um, all right. There's, there's a number of other really talented linemen. Take, take us through a couple more of the linemen um, in the area that are really good. This, this is a really strong year for offensive linemen in Northeast Ohio. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's the deepest position in Northeast Ohio from everywhere. And that always isn't the case. All these guys I'll mention are over 300 pounds. They're massive. Mason Mental over at Stowe, um, he's going to be a guard. Again, one of the key pieces to a bit, really big line is Mason. Ryan Bear out in Eastlake, they don't get a whole lot of attention. Uh, that program, I just know it's not one that's talked about, but Ryan Bear is committed to go to Pitt, and he is the highest-rated offensive lineman in that class. He's, he's a four-star um, and he's going to be a good one out there uh, for the Panthers. Big Mo, Maurice Hamilton, 6'4", 345, offensive tackle from Cleveland Heights. He's worked extremely hard in the offseason. He's committed to WVU. Um, there's a lot of people, Dave. This, this is another team, Cleveland Heights uh, Tigers. They're flying under the radar, and they've got some, some athletes. 
But they've got Big Mo and some other big guys. If they can protect uh, the quarterback and let them do them, their things, I think it could be a very special year for Cleveland Heights. Uh, and finally, I'll end with this one. Tariq Montgomery from St. Vincent, St. Mary, 6'5", you guessed it, 310 pounds. Uh, he's a Marshall commit. What, what I like and what Marshall and, and everybody likes about Tariq Montgomery is his versatility. As a sophomore, he started at right guard. Last year, he moved to right tackle. And this year, he's going to be at the blind spot. He's going to be in that most coveted offensive line position, the uh, left tackle. So while we may not know who's going to be playing quarterback at this point for St. Vincent, St. Mary, we do know Tariq Montgomery has their back. And, and you know what? They're going to be well protected with Tariq Montgomery. He b- block the guys. Don't <laughs> let anybody hit me as the quarterback, Tariq, and uh, he'll follow that. Ryan, appreciate the time and the insights. Um, we plan on doing this each and every week, and, and we'll preview the games we're going to be out at um, for that given day as well. And um, So every Friday we plan on being joined by Ryan Cavanaugh. Uh, great stuff as always. Look forward to it. another year of high school football getting ready to go. Uh, Ryan Cavanaugh, appreciate it. Uh, Spectrum News 1, you can hear Ryan and I uh, in Northeast Ohio. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you for having me. Look forward to seeing you next Friday, Dave. All right, Ryan Cavanaugh, analyst for Spectrum News 1's high school football. That'll do it uh, for this edition of Sports for CLE. Uh, have a great weekend, everybody. We will see you again Monday. We'll wrap up the Browns-Jaguars game. Scheduled guest, Illyria Chronicle Telegraph Browns beat reporter Scott Petrak. Have a great weekend. See you Monday at 4 on Sports for CLE.